Hello and welcome back to Stop and Go F1 for this, the first qualifying reactions of 2024. I want to check what year it actually is because 2024 sounds a bit mad. But here we are in Bahrain for the first qualifying of the year. And speaking of a bit mad, that was a bit mad. A very close one across the entire field. There were a few shockers in there as well. So let's get into it because this is the first time properly that we're going to understand the order of these cars. We've had testing, we've had practice, but this is the real deal. There's no one sandbagging, no one hiding anything here. This is the true pace order of these cars. So we head into Q1, and I've uh, written down a prediction here that I made at the start of Q1 for those to be knocked out. I put both Hasses, both Alpines, and Logan Sargent. That, that prediction was half right. We'll get into it. So, firstly, what was quite interesting was the Ferraris and the Alpines set their initial times on the mediums, which obviously weren't good enough. So I don't know if maybe they thought that a lot of people would go out on the mediums, maybe they could compete in order if everyone was trying to save softs, or maybe they're doing that thing that Aston like to do, where they do one lap on each tyre before they use it properly. I don't I really understand what's going on there, because apparently when we're we not really supposed to see much of the mediums, in the actual race itself. So I don't really understand what they were thinking there, but it's something that they did. Uh, Pierre Gasly uh, gets a very something very special because he's the first person this year to have a lap time deleted due to track limits in Formula 1, so congratulations to him. And Carlos Sainz is the first person to get into the 1 minute 29s on the day. Let's go to the end of uh, Q1, though, because the ones that we lose... In 20th place, he might as well be stuck with the time that got to lead to track limits, was Pierre Gasly. 19th was Ocon. Sargent in 18th. 17th for Joe. 16th for Bottas. And now the interesting thing you might notice there is none of these guys drive for Haas. The team that have come out and said, we will be at the back of the grid, we are going to be rubbish... Both their cars made it into Q2. Now, tomorrow, they might be rubbish because Haas famously, over the last few years, have had good qualifying pace and awful race pace. So I wouldn't be surprised if yet again tomorrow we're talking about Haas at the back of the grid, but their qualifying pace seems to be there. The big shocker is Alpine. Dead last, 19th and 20th for both of the Alpine lads, which obviously does not sound good and obviously is not a great place to be. The one kind of positive light in this is that it's a very, very close grid. In Q1, the top 20 were separated by 1 second, 0 0.039. So just a smidge over a second cover the entire uh, top 20 in Q1. I mean, if you're going to go back, like, what, five years ago? Even, probably even less than that. If you were one second off of pole position, you'd probably be like P8, something around there. Now you're one second off, you're stone dead last. So it's a very, very close grid, and um, Alpine don't have to gain that much time to be getting into Q2 here. But yet again, here they are. Not a great position to be in. 19th and 20th for them. We'll have to see how their race place goes out for them. Sargent, not a huge surprise. He's never really been a qualifying guy over his uh, rookie year. I don't think he's ever beaten Albon. We'll wait and see what he does tomorrow. And I think 
the Stake F1 Team Kick guys of Bottas and Joe, that was quite surprising for me as well, because I, I think I really just expected them to beat the Hasses. So if there had been Hasses there, then those two above, that wouldn't have been too much of a surprise. So not too far off where I thought they was. But the big takeaway here is just how close this field is, which is fantastic for the fans of any team, because it's just really very small margins can get you massively up or down the grid. So those little mistakes that drivers make will now be more punished than ever. Because if you lose like a tenth or so on a lap, you're massively falling down the grid. Going into uh, Q2, and Kevin Magnussen becomes the second person to have a lap time later due to track limits. George Russell gets a warning, well not a warning, he's noted by the stewards for exceeding the maximum delta time. Now this is a thing that was brought in half way through last year i think it was monza last year they brought this in so your outlap has to be a certain time because if it isn't you'll be punished but the thing is ever since they've introduced this i don't think they've ever punished anyone ever for it now apparently they've extended the rule of this to now incorporate the pit lane because it didn't incorporate the pit lane last year but now apparently it does so you can't be slowing down in the pit lane but people still did um russell they have said, uh, got away with this as well. So literally, they've been this rule's been here now for half a year, and no one's been called out on it ever. So realistically, what's the point? Moving on. Um, so what I really thought going into Q2 is this is going to be insanely difficult to get into the top 10. Because what you have at the minute is Red Bull, who are incredibly fast, Ferrari, who are incredibly fast, McLaren, who are incredibly fast, and Mercedes, who are also incredibly fast. Aston are also there, but only one of their drivers is incredibly fast. So if you take all those drivers, that's nine drivers. If uh, Lance Stroll is on his game, that's ten drivers. Which means if you're in any of those other teams, the remaining five teams, for you to get actually into Q3, you have to massively outperform someone who's in a much faster car than you are. So thanks to those five teams being so strong at the head of the grid, we are now in a position where a car in the lesser five teams getting into the top ten is an incredible achievement and should definitely be celebrated. And that's what happens when Nico Hulkenberg puts it P2, which is a madness. I know he had a lap later than everyone else, but you know there was some people who set laps later than he did, and there were some people who couldn't massively improve on his on their laps. But Hulkenberg goes P2 in Q2, and the one's knocked out. So Magnussen in P15, not a huge shocker. We all expected him to go out in Q1. The fact that he's quite far off his teammates again in qualifying, you know, isn't great. But him in Q2, I think, is quite a success for him. Ricardo, that's quite upsetting, really, in P14. Albon, only good enough for 13th. Stroll, not able to get into Q3 in 12th. And then Yuki Tsunoda in 11th. Very respectable 11th place for Yuki. So you see what I'm talking about again with those top five teams. The one who fell off there was Stroll. And that allowed Hulk to get in. So what we're really looking for in terms of Q3 this year is not even necessarily those slower teams doing fantastic laps, but maybe those faster guys slipping up. When they make a mistake, that now opens the door for these guys to come in because I don't see the likes of an Albon necessarily getting into that top 10 unless there is a mistake from those guys or he can set an exceptional lap, which is what it seems like Hulkenberg did. 
Then Q3, so let's run through the top 10 on their first laps. So Alonso didn't set a time initially, Piastri was 9th, Hulkenberg 8th, Hamilton 7th, Perez 6th, Norris 5th, Sainz was 4th, Russell 3rd, Leclerc was 2nd, and Verstappen was on provisional pole position, just 0.059 behind Max Verstappen, so very close on initial laps. Then Alonso went out in between everyone else. So everyone else sets two laps, but in the gap in between where they're getting their their tyres changed, that's when Alonso went out. So he had a, he had a track all to himself. He wasn't going to get blocked on the on his lap or on his out lap or whatever it might be. But also he's not getting that peak track. He's not getting the peak of the track evolution. He won't get a toe. I think Verstappen and Sainz got a toe on their final lap. Not from their teammates, just from other guys on the track. So I can see the thought process of having the tracks yourself. But I do think that Alonso could have maybe been like a tenth quicker if he'd gone at the end. But that, then you're hoping that like he doesn't get an interrupted lap or something like that. But here we go. So the top ten for tomorrow. We have Hulkenberg in tenth. No surprise there. Uh, in the end, he was 1.3 seconds off of pole. In quite a surprise, Lewis Hamilton only good enough for ninth. I mean, this time yesterday, we were talking about him as a potential pole sitter. He's had pole here a few times before. Half a second off pole in the end. Piastri was eighth with Norris in seventh. Fernando Alonso was able to hold on for sixth. His lap initially put him third. Perez was fifth. Sainz fourth, Russell in third, very good lap for him, especially considering, I think it was his fastest lap, he had quite like a shaky moment just going into sector two, so there was more pace for him there, which he wasn't able to get on top of. Leclerc in second, Max Verstappen gets pole position for the Bahrain Grand Prix, only two tenths of a second between Verstappen and Leclerc, and then there was two tenths between Leclerc and Hamilton, so once again, a really close field. Verstappen seemed to be a little bit ahead of everyone else, but there is a real close field here, basically across all the cars apart from Alpine. Um, but yeah, in those top five teams, they are very close. And I think Perez is more in the mix here. Good lap for Perez. You know, I don't expect him to be matching Max Verstappen here, but a P5 I thought was very respectable. We have got a fantastic grid for tomorrow's race. And yet again, you know, Race pace, very different to qualifying pace. So we might see a completely different thing here. I think McLaren might be a bit disappointed with 7th and 8th. I think they were kind of hoping to be a bit further up there. So we'll see what they can do. Uh, Norris, though, has taken two new engine components already before qualifying. Two new engine components, which is quite concerning. But if you watch my testing videos, what I really got from McLaren was that they were a fast car who were unreliable. They seem to have a lot of reliability issues throughout all of testing. So hopefully it's, they interviewed Zach Brown. They said they saw a slight issue there, so they got on top of it before anything happened. So McLaren might be ones to keep an eye on tomorrow in terms of reliability. We'll wait and see. But yeah, very fun qualifying. I very much look forward to the race tomorrow. Of course, we'll have all the coverage here on Stop and Go F1. We'll also have the coverage of F2 and F3. They have had their sprint races today, and they were both absolutely fantastic i'll be covering uh, the sprint races and feature races in videos out tomorrow so if you're into your f2 f3 that'll be on the channel tomorrow until then though have a good one i'll see you later goodbye